The Bloody Elbow Podcast Network is moving. That's right. We're moving from SoundCloud and YouTube to Substack. It will still be available through your current iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher subscriptions, but the main home of the Bloody Elbow Podcast Network will now be on Substack. While most of our audio content will remain free, we'll be asking listeners to please get a paid subscription to support the shows, which are now ad-free. Please give us your email and we'll send you notices and summaries of every new episode. Become a paid subscriber and get bonus segments only available to those who've pledged their support. Sign up at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com today. Bloody Elbow presents the Level Change Podcast, a combat sports variety show that brings you analysis, fight breakdowns, and insightful discussion of MMA's biggest headlines. Here are your hosts, Steffi Haynes and Victor Rodriguez. Welcome back and thank you for listening to episode 239 of the Level Change Podcast. I'm Steffi Haynes, and I'm joined, as always, by this rogue over here, Mr. Victor Rodriguez. And today, we are going to talk about a lot of things, UFC 287, but we also have quite a bit of good headlines. My first one is UFC 287-oriented, and it's just basically our feeling out topic, our, our get us started, get us going our morning Joe and our morning Joe today, Victor, is the new UFC gloves because after 30 years, we're finally going to get a glove with a natural curve to it. And hopefully we can stop a lot of these eye pokes, but they're about a decade behind Bellator. I mean, Strikeforce was using these things way <laughs> back in the day. If I'm not mistaken, PFL even has a curved glove. I, I got to wonder what it feels like to be lapped by a company that I acquired a decade ago. That's got to sting. But what took them so long for this? Like, you want to be happy, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, you're probably sitting there, oh, why do you got to be so negative all the time? Okay, listen, man, I'm uh, look, I'm glad they're doing it. I'm, I really am, genuinely. I just, this is a phenomenal thing, and it's a good thing that they're doing it. It is good for the sport. It is great for the athletes. But Jesus, why did they wait so long to make this happen? Does this not seem a bit... I don't know. Like, what the hell did they wait for? They waited for the merger to do this. Like, <laughs> what the hell is? What was the delay? Fair though. I'm glad. I'm super, super happy that something is being done because I am so sick and tired of so many of these fights ending because of an eye poke, ending because of an errant thing. And sure, you could say maybe part of it is on the fighters for keeping their hands open. Some of them do it for a tactical advantage and whatnot. We know the game, but we're getting something good. So let's not be too loud about it. I just hope that the design is, um, is, is well implemented. Uh, and that this isn't one of those things where like they try it out as a, maybe as a one-off or something like that. And then they just sort of do away with it quietly. No, I, I hope it works and I hope it sticks. Absolutely. Now, some more great 
UFC 287 conversation because let's not forget UFC 287 is taking place in Florida so we can already assume there's going to be some fuckery going on with the either the judging or the refing some of the officiating is just going to be way out there I, I'm already preparing for it but there is some good news coming out and that is Dustin Poirier is going to make his commentary debut at UFC 287. Now, it will be on the desk, if I'm not mistaken, but I'm looking forward to this. Can you imagine him and Dean Thomas together? Yeah, which is great because they know each other and you know, exactly. they, I'm sure they're they're their little their little fraternal ball busting must be a, a, a nice little thing for us to be exposed to as long as they don't get too carried away with inside jokes. Yeah. And you know what? In our article uh, on Bloody Elbow that talks about this, there's a section of it that says, Dustin Poirier wasn't always so media savvy. I can speak to this from experience. Dustin and I have been friends for over a decade. I have been interviewing him since he started in the UFC. And he was so shy and tripped over his own words a little bit. Um, just searched for answers and things. And these days, he is a savvy, savvy dude. Speaks are in, in the most articulate fashion and is charming and outgoing and vivacious. His confidence is the key. And I love that for him because he's got a lot of good insight, especially on his Twitter. So I can only imagine uh, what it's going to be like in commentary. His interviews, he's, he's very poised. I love this. Can I get your take on it? I think it's fantastic. You know, look, again, another thing that might be perhaps a little overdue, right? I mean, Poirier has – he's an affable guy. He has charisma. He can definitely uh, string sentences together. He knows what he's looking at when he's fighting and when uh, when he's when he's watching fights, rather. We've seen him do breakdowns of other fights and um, give his opinion on other fighters and what they do well and what they don't. So – I this is this is an excellent opportunity to have someone like him. Um I'm I'm again still sort of confused why they wouldn't have someone like him uh doing something like this before, but also it does maybe provide uh, another avenue for whenever he decides to retire and that's of course <laughs> putting all the jokes about people never retiring aside, it would be a nice thing for him to do much like his buddy Dean, right? It would be good to have someone like him who is Super well informed, always stays up to date with what's happening in, in the game, and uh, clearly has a a very uh, strong uh, love for it. This is the kind of guy you want, and he, not only that, but he's got an excellent image, right? He's not a guy who's got uh, any kind of baggage with him, so this is great. If if you're trying to do any sort of, um, if you're concerned about optics. Trust me, you you can't you. It's very very difficult for you to do better than putting a guy like this out front. Exactly. Now, Michael Bisping, Chael Sonnen, Michael Chiesa, those guys have good desk and commentary booth presence. Not everyone is going to experience the kind of success that they did. Uh, and then you have the gold standard, Brian Stan. He was phenomenal at commentary. Not everyone is going to fit that mold. And in the event, for some 
crazy reason Dustin ends up with laryngitis or something and doesn't have a good night. This could be a good fit for him elsewhere as well, because look at um, Sean O'Connell that commentates for PFL. Yeah. He is remarkable. He is. And I would not have expected him initially to be the guy to be, you know, that good. And now essentially the the main anchor for PFL commentary. But then you also look at his past, his, um, his experience with sports radio. Mm-hmm. It's like, OK, that makes a lot more sense. Right. Because now it's um, uh, you, you, you see where that bridge It's like, OK, well, that's that's fairly easy for him to uh, or not easy, but rather it's easier for someone like him who already has a broadcasting background, especially doing things live on air, although just not on uh, not with the visual component well then you know look he got used to it and he's doing fantastic now and he's he's a major asset for their broadcast and i mean i certainly enjoy watching him do his commentary and or and listening to um to to how he basically does what he does and who's who's to say that poirier can't have something similar happen here although coming from a different avenue now we have ladies like laura sanko that that came out of fighting but laura i believe just had uh one or two fights but someone that doesn't get enough credit for the shine she added to bellator commentary was alima lay mcfarland she is mm. also an excellent commentator yes so if for some reason they feel the ufc brass feels that he's just not enough isn't bringing enough to a ufc booth or to a ufc desk there are many other options out there but i am of the firm opinion that the diamond will shine brighter than anybody else on the desk <laughs> and you can tell i am a hardcore stan i drive the stan wagon so, <laughs> our next topic let's see here what have we got daniel cormier this one stuck out to me either daniel cormier has reached a level of maturity that we should all strive to achieve or daniel is well and truly carrying the company line because he said and i quote there is good in that dude referring to john jones now before you before you immediately your knee-jerk reaction is to say damn daniel is toe in the line i'm gonna read the story of why he said that and then i'll let you make your choice because in my opinion it's a little of both so here we go daniel cormier was talking to henry cejudo and in an interview slash chat that they had henry asked him about good moments he may have had with John Jones where maybe their rivalry was set aside. And Daniel said this, we talked about each other's families, but in the darkest moments when his mother passed, when my father passed, he sent me a message. He really did. And even in that moment, I appreciate that for all that we've been through. I appreciated him sending that message as I sent a similar message for to him for his mother when she passed, because we understand what family is. There's good in that dude. I just ain't really had the opportunity to see it, but we'll see. We'll see what time brings, but there is good in that dude. You've just got to be able to get to it. Now he goes on a little further and he applauds him for the position that 
he ended up landing in as a result of the rivalry he had with John Jones. So he said, I would not have much of what I have without him. He elevated my star to levels because our rivalry was so bad. It was so intense and it was so desired by people at the time. People were rabid for me and John Jones to the point that now at 44 years old, people still go, DC, are we going to get one more? But that's what happens when something that matters lasts. That is what happens when you give something to people that they still pine for, even after all these years. And it was only because of what we were to each other. But I will also say that there's never been a time when he's done better than me. We've both, ha we've both done our best numbers together. It is what it is because we had something special. We're business partners now. Thoughts? All of this reminds me, you're, 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 you're reading all this and I'm sitting here, we're thinking of the meme of Mike Tyson with the two pigeons where he goes, now, now kiss. kiss. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, I keep going back to, are you still there, pussy? Oh, well, listen, listen, I, I okay, first things first, Daniel is correct. I do not doubt that there is good in John Jones. I do not doubt that a lot of people who do incredibly shitty things and in fact are incredibly shitty people in many other aspects of their lives do good things in certain situations. And that is that is not terribly surprising. I mean, you get around long enough in life, you'll see that. And so it's it's good that at least they were um able to navigate some of that bad blood and do that. I, I don't I don't think that it's grounds for all of us to sit here and be like, well, we should we should probably be more forgiving of John when he does terrible things. Eh, not really. We'll give him credit for the good things he's done. But let's not allow that to cloud our judgment. Now, for the purposes of this particular situation, I thought it was re really nice to hear that from Daniel, not only because it's a sign of getting over, of getting past the uh, animosity that they've had in the past, but also bringing up things that we didn't know. I mean, I didn't know that they had messaged each other after the passing of their parents and things like that. I didn't know that they were um, communicating on that level and, and uh, you know, trying to, um, I guess, be better people with each other. I think that was actually very, very kind. And yet again, another show that a lot of the stuff, man, you know, in, in the end, these are all human beings. These are these are people, man. These are people that are going out there and colliding with each other, largely for our own entertainment. And, you know, it, it's it's a rough thing. And that this is seeing how fragile life can be and how these guys are, have seen that and been able to put these things aside. You know, it is kind of nice. You got to hand it to him. That was nice. And so, you know, good on them, I guess. And and uh, I'm glad that Daniel put that out there as well. Uh, you know, it's just, John, please, let's let's also do a little better as we're out here. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> all right. Our next topic. Again, UFC 287 related because it involves Jorge Masvidal. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. And the reason why is... Really interesting. He says that Colby claimed that he has a brain injury as a result <laughs> of 
Jorge Masvidal jumping him outside of Miami Steakhouse. I, I allegedly jumping him. Excuse me. <laughs> now I say allegedly, and I say that with those heavy, sarcastic air quotes, those really snarky ones. Because <laughs> if we go back in our memory palaces, we'll remember that Jorge Masvidal went on Instagram and and Twitter and fucking bragged about doing it. <laughs> And then deleted them at the behest of his attorneys, but he did brag about them first. So there's actually evidence out there by him that he did this. But we'll go ahead and we'll put those those air quotes up and say allegedly. We have to. They know we have to. Come on, just say that. All it's right, fine. We got it. But anyways, I'm going to quote from what he said in this. Uh, who is this interview with? I am not sure. Okay. Well, apparently the quotes come from MMA fighting. So here we go. I currently have three felonies because this bitch Colby says I gave him a brain injury. So how the fuck is he going to fight for any title is what I want to know. The UFC is going to get sued if that guy goes in there and something like that happens. Because supposedly, allegedly, because I didn't do shit, he says I gave him a brain injury. I didn't do shit to him. Okay, all I did was I tweeted about it, but I didn't do shit. Anyway. Oh my god. So, he said, that dude has a brain injury, like I said. So he's claiming, I've got those three felonies on my head because this guy is saying he's got a brain injury. I'm pretty sure on the medical level, you can't fight if you have a brain injury. Like always, this guy is full of shit. I'm no doctor or nothing, but whatever. Okay. <laughs> property damage amounting to ninety thousand dollars. I'm assuming that property being his tooth. <laughs> That's an expensive ass tooth. <laughs> um, maybe he he got his jeans ripped or something. I don't know. It, it interrupted his dinner. It got cold. Who knows? <sighs> and I don't want to make light of this, but at the same time, a brain injury. I mean, it's not that it is unheard of, but at the same time. Colby showed up at UFC 286. You see where I'm going with this? How is there a brain injury that's allowing him to make the weight and be a backup fighter? How is that? All right, listen. Now, my first thing is directed at you. <laughs> I respect the fact that you're being very cavalier about this and that you are you are handling this in a manner that is... That is tactful. You don't want to make light of this situation. But I do. Let me tell you something. <laughs> you've been George out here. He's, he was he was he was spitting some facts. I posted this earlier. And somehow hearing you say this, hearing you read this, why does it sound worse? Why does it sound and, and then the worst thing is I'm reading the shit, and if you read it, you can hear what you can hear at the entire like 87% of South Florida in his voice. You could when you read it's magical. It's like when you read something that that was uh that was said by George St. Pierre. You know, I am losing time. I have the time. You, you know, you hear that. That's the voice you hear. Yo, dude is stating facts. You got brain damage. Okay. I understand that. I, I can, I can absolutely, everybody in this game is sustaining brain damage. If you're taking a punch to the head, you're taking brain damage. You do not need to take a punch to the head to take brain damage. Soccer players, for example, take brain damage. 
But then look at this. How are you going to state that in the court of law? And it is true. You're holding this over this man's head. He is 100% right. You have the audacity not only to continue your fighting career, but you almost had a fight. Because as you mentioned, I forgot. Yeah, that's right. He was weighing in to be the backup fighter in London. What the fuck is that? Like something's got to give on that front, man. And I, I don't even know. And he's right. The UFC could potentially face legal action because if Kobe really does have brain damage and he goes out there and he gets, I don't know, really, really hurt, really, really bad. Uh, guess what? People are going to be asking questions of, well, you knew that he had brain damage. You knew that he had a court case and he had this. Ha like, at what point is there a level of responsibility, not just from the commission, but you you signed this man. You made sure that he signed a contract for a bout. I'm sure you knew. And this whole thing about him playing coy, I, I, I rolled up. I didn't do shit. Come on, man. We know you did it. We know you did it. You got arrested for it. There's, come on. You, you know, you know, you hit the guy. We know you hit the guy. It wasn't so funny when we were all celebrating the fact that somebody rolled up on his ass and, you know, made him regret something. Then it was okay. Then it was open season. Malky probably told you to post that shit on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> no, it would oh, be I the other look. one. It would be the other Kawa, the 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 oh, inferior Abe. Kawa. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Kawa Meyer, Abe. yes. Abe, yeah. Oh my, yes. Oh, I love Abe. He's my favorite one. I want to rub his little head and just see, like, you're you're my favorite chunky boy. <laughs> anyway, uh, no, but but this is this is madness, and he, I, I, I kind of feel for him, bro. He's right. He's 100% right. At what point is there some level of liability? Or, or conversely, at what point is this bullshit? Yeah. You got to parse it, bro. This is a shit or get off the pile moment. You either drop the charges as far as the brain damage. And you say, look, busted tooth, scratched up shirt, whatever. Fine. I get it. I don't know where you get the, what was it, $90,000 yeah, property? Yeah, well, part of it was because a chain was snatched off his Ah, head. well, so yeah, that makes, I, I guess you part I of that. I saw some report on that, and, and, and I believe that was part of it, was some of the clothing, the jewelry, the tooth, who knows, maybe knocked a contact lens but, out. I but is he, but is he dressed like the swagged out Pope that we saw from the AI drawing? Like, how 90000 <laughs> I've seen how Kobe dresses. He's not that swagged out. I'm sorry. You're not, you're not, you're not rocking, you're not moving to Hollywood like that, my G. You're not, there's no, you can't claim no 90,000 off of that shit. Get out of here. You just, this dude's out here like half of that was DJ Max. Mm -hmm. <laughs> my man's out here claiming his money. Oh, geez, dude. That's just harsh. Yeah. That is terrible. But part of it is like, you know, this is a bad person who, finally got you know a real dude step up to him in public and you know this is kind of like watching succession you know you're watching terrible people do terrible things to each other for a change mm -hmm. and i mean you know it, you, you don't you don't want to root for any party but the dude is right and you do have to have a little bit of sympathy for him because this is incredibly unfair and i'm i'm curious to see as to how legally that's going to happen and whether or not I mean, Hood has said all that, but is he contemplating legal action or is he just putting this out as, you know, like shooting the flare signal? You know, hey, somebody might do it. I'm not saying it's me, but somebody might take some form of legal action here because this is unfair. And if so, if I think this is probably the most clever thing he could do in a situation like that. And frankly, I hope something happens, some sort of threat of legal action takes place because this is absurd. Do we really care if these two end up poking each other in the eyes i don't as long as it doesn't get too bad i want to see i don't want to see guys like pulling guns on each other oh, no, that, no no you no know. i don't and no. now that florida's got you know you can conceal carry without a permit 
without oh, that's training. Gonna go brilliant. Yeah. yeah, I mean, boy, that, it's going to be open season over there. We're going to see a lot of Florida men in the headlines. Mm. So, Victor, I had to revisit a story we talked about last week because you were excited about it. And I love that excitement. When I get that kind of excitement from you, I know I need to revisit. And fortunately, we were given a gift with this revisit because there was more to the story that came out a few days Ooh. after. So remember when Paul Heyman um, and Conor McGregor traded barbs, <laughs> only it was just Conor McGregor that sent out the barb? Yeah. Uh, well, it was actually Heyman said something that Conor McGregor wanted to be like Roman Reigns. And immediately Conor couldn't stand that and said that he would break uh, Grandpa's jaw in three places. Paul Heyman had a response, and the man is brilliant. You were not kidding. So let me read what he said. Well, I'm not a grandfather, but I appreciate the fact that I'm old enough to be number one. And this is Paul Heyman telling this to Ariel Helwani for BT Sport. And I appreciate that I'm still thriving on top, too. I would like to see if Conor McGregor, at 57, is still thriving at the very top of his entire industry. We'll see if he's even relevant at 50. We'll see if he even lives to 57 with his lifestyle. <laughs> it's not that he tweeted to me. I picked the fight with him. Let's be honest about this. He, as a Roman Reigns wannabe, did the Paul Heyman style title on each shoulder and gave a shout out to himself of course the ultimate self-promoter in conor mcgregor standing nine feet tall and weighing 155 pounds at five foot four ooh, ooh, Man, ooh. okay listen that that last sentence, standing nine feet tall, weighing 155 pounds at five foot four, that right there, it encapsulated everything that I see in Connor. Connor wears the tightest suits to emphasize his bulging muscles if you watch him when he walks incredibly bow-legged um and i almost feel like it's exaggerated to a little bit to emphasize swagger and then if you watch him walk when he's like aggressively going somewhere somewhere it's on his tippy toes like he's trying to appeal appear taller i mean i am of the firm opinion that Connor will be the guy, the first guy in the UFC that will probably get leg lengthening surgery because that man wants to be bigger than he is. He has the most insane case of invisible lat syndrome I've ever seen. And son, you're going bald. You might want to get over to a hair recovery place and get some laser implants going ASAP. You so know... Let me let me let me ask you this. So, well, first, first, I want to address this this one part here. I, I appreciate the fact that he does. I, I didn't really notice the tippy toe thing. But it's only when he's walking aggressively, like to a cage or up on someone. Watch him. He's always on his tippy toes. Like, you know how they tell you 
to like when you um see i can't remember if it's a bear or if it's a large cat you're supposed to hulk up and appear bigger like a bear yeah you gotta bring uh, your arms bear? up and wave them around yeah okay yeah. it's a bear all right well in any of the, i know one you put the eyeballs on the back of your cap so it looks like you're you're facing the animal and the other one i can't remember which is which but apparently it's a bear that's how I think of when Connor is walking towards someone aggressively and I see him on his toes. It's because he's trying to appear bigger. So I, you know who does that too? Dave Portnoy. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you a tall guy that does it. Donald Trump. He sticks his butt out. He leans forward on his toes so that he gives that menacing overbearing like he's looming over you. I firmly believe he does that to emul emulate that. Yeah, you know? but he's also built like the mech suit that Krang from of the course. Ninja Turtles wears. So that kind of makes sense in a way. <laughs> But I kind of like younger, I, I, I like you gotta let him as from a posture perspective. It's like okay, maybe for his well being, it might be the best thing for him to do. But did, did we've talked about Paul Heyman previously, well before the merger? We brought him up a few times. What have I told you about Paul Heyman? Super that, smart. That man is one of the smartest people in pro wrestling yeah. ever. Not in today. Not in no no no. Ever one of not maybe maybe not you know maybe Bobby Heenan would be would be the person I would put above him in terms of smarts and that's that is not that is not condemning him that is praise because Bobby Heenan another another genius in many other ways but let's break down here what he said here very briefly he's not a grandfather okay okay you think I'm old yeah okay fine I'll take that but look at what he does and this is what business does mm -hmm. look at how he elevates and puts people down at the same time yep. he elevates Roman Reigns by saying. Yeah, you're a champion. My guy is also a champion, right? He says, I'm still on top, which he is. He is still the top manager. I mean, that is a reality. Uh, he's still, you know, he wants to see if Conor McGregor is still relevant at 50, which like, okay, fine, simple dig. But then he goes with the dagger. We'll see if he even lives to 57 with his lifestyle. We already know. You already know what he's talking about right there. Yep. And then he keeps going. He admits, yeah, I went after him and he responded. Fair enough. Not a problem. But then... Then he does. Uh, uh, he he talks about this part here. He's talking a good game, but he ain't coming after the wise man. Even if he did come after a wise man, what if I landed a lucky shot? He like the lucky shot he hit Aldo with. And if he beats <laughs> yeah, me, I love that and, part. And if he beats me up, who cares? Now listen. Up until there, obviously he's just you know that that's just the promotion, the the pro wrestling thing. But then he blends in the real life shit. If he beats me up, who cares? I'm a 57 year old wise man. I don't see him picking a fight with Roman Reigns. He's right. Yep. He's right. He could pick a fight with old people like that old Irish guy in the bar who wouldn't drink a mm -hmm. shitty whiskey, right? You'll do that, but you you talk shit to all these people. Now, and this comes back again to the same thing that I said a while ago. Conor McGregor would brag about how, no, no, everybody calling me out because I'm the Hollywood attraction. I'm the number one guy. And now he's out here picking fights with any anybody mm -hmm. who dares to not show him enough affection, enough fealty, or enough reverence. And, you know, it's it's gotten to a point where it's so pathetic, and yet here we have this. And now, the best part to me, they got to live with each other. They don't have a choice. There's going to be more co-promotion. They're going to be in the same rooms at some level. There's going to be in some capacity, as much as some people are going to hate it. Folks, the carnival thing that, that, that some people try to stay away from, the binding at the root of pro wrestling and MMA, 
it's coming, baby. You're going to see a lot more of it. This is going to be like a worse version of Japan in 92, but it's going to happen. And, uh, you know, this this right here, Connor might want to actually back down from this one because I don't think he's I don't think Paul is going to get any nicer because Paul also is in a position where he can afford to not give too many fucks. Indeed. Now, our last topic before we jump into our very, very quick preview of UFC 287 is another Conor McGregor story, but this one is the exact opposite, okay? I look at Paul Heyman as a, a healthy mix of manager and promoter, and by promoter, I mean he promotes his own fighters, but he puts them over really, really well, better than some promoters put over their entire rosters, okay? I'm not going to name names, but I it rhymes with Mana Light. <laughs> so, okay, I'll take it. All, all right. right. So... Conor McGregor recently had dinner with Eddie Hearn of Matchroom Boxing. He is a promoter. He owns Matchroom Boxing. They put on fights. He manages Anthony Joshua and some others. But the point is, Eddie Hearn went to dinner at Conor McGregor's Black Forge Inn in Ireland, okay? And the way he described it, holy God, Victor, wait until you hear some of the words he uses. Okay, mm. it's just insanity. But I like his description of Conor because it fits. All right, you ready? All right. Okay. All right, this is what he had to say. And and this was, um, he, he was telling this to Ariel Helwani on the MMA Hour, and it was in regards to um, Connor wanting to help promote uh, Katie Taylor's next fight. It's not that he wants like to officially get in the promoting business, or maybe he does. I don't know, but he mm. offered his services to help Eddie Hearn promote Katie Taylor's next fight. Okay, so. This is what Hearn had to say. The energy, the enthusiasm. I mean, that's one thing that I took out of it. You know that in boxing, and obviously this sits alongside MMA as well, you fall in love with the sport. He's so passionate about boxing and mixed, mixed martial arts. He wouldn't sit down. He ordered a steak. He's standing up. He's showing me how that he'd fight this guy and how he'd fight that guy. Then he's telling me about... What was it the Nate Diaz fight when he's on his back and has a bad knee? I can't remember. He's like a million miles an hour, but he's like, we should do this. We should do that. We should do this. Let's make that happen. Let's make this happen. I'm sure everyone's got their opinion. My opinion is I love him. In life, you want to be around people where you go, I'll never forget that moment with Conor McGregor. <laughs> <sighs> I lost my shit when I read this and I read it like five times because it got funnier every time. Listen, let me, let me, he wouldn't sit down. Uh -huh. He ordered a steak. He's standing up. He's showing me how he'd fight this guy and that guy. Then he's telling me about what was it? The Nate Diaz fight where he's oh, on gosh. his back. He's got a bad knee. He's like a million miles an hour. He's like, we should do this. We should do that. We should do this. We, we should, should open a that. restaurant. We should make it all happen. Okay, you see where I'm going with this? I, I'm afraid I do, unfortunately. <laughs> From the moment you said he wouldn't sit down, I was like, oh, God damn it. He doesn't take any days off, does he? Oh, my God. It was a breezy night in Ireland, but that Bolivian marching powder had him running through that. Man, you know, see, this is the shit right here. 
this is what kills me about this, right? <laughs> Eddie Hearn, like, and you know, and this is this is a sign of a true diplomat. Bless yes. Eddie Hearn. I'm glad he <laughs> described it in the manner that he did because he all he saw in his beautiful little heart was enthusiasm. This man is capable of seeing good things in many people, like the Buddha himself. I applaud Eddie Hearn for doing what he did. But what is what is we doing? And he's standing up and demonstrating. And, 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 and you know what? If I fought that guy, you know what I'd do to that guy? I'd do this, and I'd do this. Hi-ya! I bet he karate chopped the table at least twice. <laughs> uh, that that whole situation... Um, I'm I'm still baffled as to the nature or the origin of this meeting. Like, so you go to the black the I hope that the Black Forge in is not like an Irish version of Johnny Hendrick's Steakhouse in Texas. I really hope it's at least marginally better in terms of Have food and decor. Have you seen it? It's beautiful. I've seen the, I've seen the inside. That's not what I'm talking. About. I'm talking about the food, man. It should better be good. I saw reviews on it. They get very good reviews on their food. Okay. Yeah, well, he. Uh, I will give him props where they're due. That's a beautiful place, and it gets good reviews. I went and looked it up. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. Well, that that actually makes me feel somewhat better. I'm curious as to why he felt the need that he should be the one to help with the promotion of Katie Taylor. Hearn actually referenced it. I should have mentioned it. He said he has a genuine passion for Katie Taylor. He thinks she's amazing. She's a hero in that country. Yeah. And he wants to make it happen for her and for Ireland as well. And well, see, I, I see that. I suspected that. I respect it. I'm just curious as like, what is, what is he, mm -hmm. what is he going to do exactly? Like, Oh. Buddy, you're 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 kind of right now. I don't know if people have been paying attention, but like, did he not just have charges dropped against him <laughs> after some very serious intimidation tactics for uh, for an assault case? Um, are you not are you not a guy who's got way too much baggage right now? And I'm sure that doesn't matter to a lot of people. Obviously, we see how people react whenever we post something that is unsavory that he's accused of, and he's got plenty of defenders. Um, I, I understand that aspect as well, but it's like you don't see how like you you think you're the person to make this happen. I'm not sure where he'd be able to provide any sort of or where he thinks that he should be the one to uh, provide that sort of support. I'm sure there's something he can do. Star you know, Power maybe... speaks, though, and he is he is a rock star in he Ireland. Is. So if they were going to do something at like Croke Park. He would be the guy that you'd want on your team dragging this fight around and making all the commercials and go see Katie Taylor, buy these tickets, buy this pay-per-view. Connor's the guy. Honestly, I can see why they had this meeting, why Hearn entertained it seriously. Honestly, I can see it. But what got me too was not in this article, but another one came out, or maybe it was a tweet that I saw from Hearn. But he talked about how when he when when Connor shows up, because I, I believe Eddie arrived at the Black Forge first and that when Connor showed up, he showed up with full entourage to his own place. Of course he did. <laughs> of course he did. Of course he did. 
<laughs> my god dude i <laughs> never, it never i mean stops, look I, I don't i can i can see where connor's enthusiasm for trying to get things promoted and trying to make that i can see you just don't want that guy in your living room doing mm-hmm. that you know I mean? You're right. jumping on the couch <laughs> like i don't want to have to clean up after this shit this is going to be a he's not going to leave he's not going home martha he, it's it's three in the morning why is he still there why is he taking so much time in the bathroom martha why did you invite this man why where do you even know this guy from god damn it no like i do you want those problems i know i don't <laughs> and then um i just i keep going back to arriving with a full entourage and then jumping up from his state i could just see him shadow boxing yes I see it me too yes oh yes man. i mean this is this is you this know, was my it's favorite like... story of the day because victor just read it through and tell me it doesn't make you laugh and then read it through a second time and tell me it doesn't get funnier i mean i've read it six times now and it's gotten funnier every time but this is me and it's just making me sad man this shit is not gonna end great for anybody bro it's a fucking mess like you can't you cannot just torpedo your shit through life like this man this this is not no no this is this is i mean Yes, it's funny, but at the same time, like I, 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 I laugh for a little bit, and it's like, fuck, that's just so terrible. Like, like, why is he like this? This man is fundamentally fucking broken in the head. This thing, this shit ain't right. <laughs> All right, so we do need to break down UFC 287 for those of you keeping up. Beaten Finley, our good buddy. If you go to www.workshyindividual.com. This dude keeps track of all bloody elbow staff picks and care don't care picks. And I don't know if he's keeping track of ours, but I still want you to go over there and check him out because he's like partnered up with bloody elbow to also provide databases for stuff for us. So Mm. definitely go check him out and maybe we can convince him to start helping us keep track of the level change uh staff picks but for right now i have the standings victor is still in the lead comfortably 28 and 16 mookie is right behind him at 25 and 19 and i'm way way back 21 and 23 today we are going to pick five fights and we are blasting through them because We have gone way over, (laughs) and we still have bonus content for you guys. So, for the in in the interest of time, we're just gonna—I mean—race through these. So, our first one is going to be Raul Rosas Jr. coming back for the second time, hoping to make it eight and zero, and he is going up against Christian Rodriguez, who is eight and one. Now, there are people on uh, Bloody Elbow staff that are going with the upset with Christian Rodriguez. I'm interested to know how you go. You get one sentence. Uh, I think I'm going with Raul, whatever. And you get a sentence. Why? Because uh, we're pressed for time and I talk too much. No, you can say one. Oh. <laughs> you can say a sentence. Um, oh, shit. Um, why? That, I don't know. Um, you know, I, I yeah, I flypaper grappling perfect okay you know what i was gonna say because he's better (laughs) i mean (laughs) he's a better grappler better is better is just it yeah 
it's, I, 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 it's a relative term, but in that regard, yeah. he has aggressive grappling. Yes. That's the key. All right. Yes. Kevin Hall, as we go, you get an extra sentence. So we with the, the lowest fight, you get one. So this next fight, you get two. So this one is going... Oh, and by the way, I am picking Raul Rosas, as is Mookie. So the next fight up, Kevin Holland versus Santiago Ponzinibbio. Now you get two sentences, Victor. Oh, boy. I'm going to go with Ponzinibbio. <gasps> what? I was I so probably sure. shouldn't, but I'm I'm going for, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I guess it's more of a sentimental pick than anything. I'm going to go with him. Oh, my goodness. What? No, I, uh, all right. Okay. I'm going with Holland, and Mookie is also going with Holland. All right. We get to our third fight from the top. Rob Font versus Adrian Yanez. Now you get three sentences, Victor. Oh boy. Um <sighs> Rob Font got sharper boxing and better use of uh range. He's good at soaking up time on the clock and pulling ahead. And um yeah, Yanez is is good, but Font just has good defense and uh that probably is gonna give him more of an edge. All right. Mookie is also going to go with the upset Rob Font pick. I'm sorry. I'm a Dr. Pepper fan. I'm going Adrian Yanez. I love him. He's great. He's younger. Me too. He's Me too. So, so you sticking with Font, though? I, I'm sticking with Font. I love Yanez. I think he does a lot of things well. I just, I just, I'm going with Font. All right. <laughs> so... Two votes for Font, one for Yanez. We get to our co-main event. That means Victor now gets four sentences on Jorge Masvidal versus Gilbert Burns. I'm actually going to swap this. You get five sentences for this one and four for Pereira and Adesanya because I feel like this one's going to get me the best Victor. No, probably not. I'm going to keep it brief. I just, I'm just going to go with Burns, man. Hold his shot. I think he's, you know, even even though he's past his prime, he can certainly do well against a lot of guys. This is not one of those guys. I don't think he does it. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Burns. Okay. Mookie and I are also going with Burns for the exact same reason he just hey. said. There's mm -hmm. no need for any further analysis on that one. We get to Alex Pereira and Izzy Adesanya. Will Alex make it 4-0 and against Izzy? Um... Let's see. How is Mookie going? Mookie is going Pereira. He's got to be going Pereira. He is, yeah, and I go. am I too. It. I knew he'd go with that. You um, get five sentences. I still don't think I need five. You know what? I think Adesanya had his number for a good chunk of that first fight. I think he's going to readjust. He's got Behrman. He's got he's got focus. He's not. He took this loss the way a real winner should and he's uh you know he's got that confidence in himself still so i i think that he might be able to do it i think he might be able to win it. and i mean i'm I, he's obviously going to be the underdog for a reason but i don't care i'm going to go out of sonia oh you are yes okay. i am um one thing about this fight that i did notice is despite the fact that izzy has a shrink a fight shrink a sports psychologist, oh, okay. I don't think it's doing him any good because for the second week in a row, Alex Pereira got into his head without saying a single 
word. The first time was last week. A clip emerged that showed Alex Pereira watching Izzy and his crew watching the, the I forget which fight it was, but in any event, they're watching this fight and Alex is watching them watch this fight and the camera pans on to Izzy's Pokemon, stuffed Pokemon collection. Alex doesn't say a thing. He nods his head and says, hmm, that was it. Izzy immediately comes out with this this um, statement talking about how um, since he's been with the sports shrink, he hasn't said a word about Alex's shitty war paint and this and that. Really? Because Alex never said a word, but he's already in your head enough for you to come out like this, talking about a man's cultural heritage, yeah, weighed against your fucking marginalized stuffed animals. Really? That's where you want to go. So then, yesterday, the photo comes out with, with Alex Pereira wearing the jean jacket with the Pikachu on the back. And once again, without saying a word, he burned him to the ground. I don't and, understand what the Pokemon thing. Like, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not my. Like, even though, yes, I do have a child, but I, I, I don't really, I don't rock with Pokemon like that. Yeah. So, what was the significance other than the fact that that Israel has one? I don't get it. Because he's like super into them, and got he got so worked up over the fact that Alex went. Hmm. He was so worked up over it. Oh, okay. So Alex so, was mocking the Pokemon yes. part, and now he's mad that, okay. All yes. Right. So it all comes down to the Pokemon thing, even though nothing was ever said, but he God. knows that he's in his head. So he wears a jacket yesterday with Pokemon on the back. I, I'm oh, sorry. I How did this become the dorkiest fucking feud I've ever seen in all my years of watching I fighting? think it's fantastic because Alex is really good at the mental aspect of this without saying a word I it's guess all so. easy that that got so bent out of shape and so alex is gonna keep needling him on it because he made that i mean the whole statement he made he basically turned it into his identity being these stupid stuff pokemon you know I, I as much as i love this sport it is the dumbest shit in the world it sometimes really is. I, I i yeah it really is so Anyways, now that we have worked out our UFC 287 picks for our Substack subscribers, if you will stick around, we will be right back with some more premium content. And for those of you that don't subscribe, this is your opportunity to run on over there and get your subscription. And it helps us so much, allows us to keep the doors open, the lights on, and allows us to give you the extra content. Thank you so much. To access the bonus content of this show, you must be a paid subscriber. To do that, go to bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com and subscribe today. The Bloody Elbow Podcast Network is moving. That's right, we're moving from SoundCloud and YouTube to Substack. It will still be available through your current iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher subscriptions, but the main home of the Bloody Elbow Podcast Network will now be on Substack. While most of our audio content will remain free, we'll be asking listeners to please get a paid subscription 
to support the shows, which are now ad-free. Please give us your email, and we'll send you notices and summaries of every new episode. Become a paid subscriber and get bonus segments only available to those who've pledged their support. Sign up at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com today.